At Dunkin', we're getting ready for sunnier days with our Sunrise Batch Iced Coffee. A bright and balanced iced coffee with notes of cocoa, tangy sweetness, and toasted nuts. Made to brighten every day a little more. Soak in the sunshine a little more. And fill every moment with a little more, more. Because we aren't just chasing sunsets anymore. We're counting sunrises too. Do more with Dunkin' Sunrise Batch Iced Coffee. Brewed for brighter days. Enjoy a medium for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Three, two, one. Never has there been a better time to be alive in human history. If you're not feeling it, you must discover why. Join Matthew Bolton in developing and applying a framework of objective optimism toward a flourishing life of meaning, health, and happiness. Here's your host, Matthew Bolton. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mr. Brightside. I'm Matthew Bolton. You know how things seem to come about at once? Like you hear something somewhere that strikes you, and then you hear it again somewhere soon after. Well, this kind of coincidence happened to me recently as two distinctly separate sources from two very different eras made a similar and profound point. One was from an excerpt of a Ricky Gervais interview clip where he was asked about Tom Cruise's recent rant on the set of that latest Mission Impossible, if you've heard about that. But Tom's rant wasn't the point. It was what Ricky said in passing toward making a point regarding Tom's context that stood out to me. And the other was from a character in an Agatha Christie story I was reading for my pre-bed reading last week, but which was published in 1939. So I was reading that short story. I always read fiction before bedtime reading. And I was so impressed with the quote, I had to stop reading and think about it. And then I reread it and I just put it on my, on my, my chest and kind of thought about it. But I was reading a story and the idea of fiction is to calm my mind down. So I thought, well, I can't think about this now. So I reached for my phone and I took a screenshot of it so that I could review it uh, in my waking and thinking hours uh, the next day, perhaps. There was just something in it, some truth in it that I was able to recognize on some level, but I wasn't sure how deeply and how precisely. And I had no intention or any idea at all to talk about it on the show, on the podcast. That wasn't why I took the screenshot. I want to talk about this. It's not why I took it at all. It was purely for myself, just because I knew I had to take some time with this thing. But then later, it was perhaps the next day or two, I heard Ricky say his thing. And I was like, what? Like, So we had this kind of wise and enlightened character in a story published in 1939. And then a British comedian in 2020 that have both identified the same thing. And what was this identification? Well, you can see from the title of the show what question was stoked in me, as both commentators referred to the idea, very matter-of-factly, that people are not fully who they are until a particular age, namely 40 or 45. Now, this was very interesting to me, not only because I immediately was able to recognize the truth in it on some level, as I said, but also because I'm presently 42 years old. But of course, there's nothing so simple as all that, And there's lots to say about it. Now, today, I won't even try to say it all, but I'd like to share with you what they said and then break a bit of it down and leave it to you from there. And as always, I encourage you to think about your own experience as we go along and see what questions or ideas occur to you. And then please share them with me in the comments section where you're listening now, or you can go to the Mr. Brightside Facebook page, facebook.com slash matthewbolton.ca. All right, guys. So first, In this Parker Pine story, so Parker Pine is one of the recurring characters of Agatha Christie's fiction, whose business it is to help people who are unhappy. The book I was reading was a collection of short stories featuring him and which were published in various magazines and such in the 30s and 40s. 
His famous advertisement in the paper is always, are you unhappy? If so, consult Mr. Parker Pine. And then people show up in his office with various problems. Um, and then there are also a series of stories where he runs into people who are in trouble while he's on holiday abroad, etc. This guy has wide experience and he categorizes uh, unhappiness into four or five causes. No more, I assure you, he always says to his clients. And he invariably helps uh, whoever's, whoever's in distress uh, if he takes on their case. So with that, we may take what he says as the word of a sage. <laughs> in any case, in this short story, it was called Problem at Palenza Bay. The synopsis is described as holidaying Mallorca. Parker Pine is approached by a fellow British guest looking for some assistance, saving her son from an unsuitable marriage. And then in one scene, Parker Pine's talking to this woman who's upset that her son, whom she's devoted to, is going about with a girl that she doesn't approve of. But Parker Pine's focus is more on the mother than on the son. He says that he's worried more about her than him, as she is inordinately and unduly dedicated to him. And after saying, nobody's life can be ruined except by themselves, and I just love that part in its own right, he goes on to her. And this is the part that stopped me dead in my reading and that I want to share with you today. Quote, what are the years from 20 to 40, fettered and bound by personal and emotional relationships? That's bound to be. That's living. But later, there's a new stage. You can think, observe life, discover something about other people and truth about yourself. Life becomes real, significant. You see it as a whole, not just one scene, the scene you as an actor are playing. No man or woman is actually himself or herself till after 45. That's when individuality has a chance. Oh, my God. And the exchange goes on a bit further. And Mrs. Chester said, I've been wrapped up in Basil. He's been everything to me. And Parker says, well, he shouldn't have been. That's what you're paying for now. Love him as much as you like. But you're Adela Chester, remember, a person, not just Basil's mother. Now, I, I won't focus too much on that last part. There's a whole book in that, I would say. Um, but I want to highlight the part where he says that no man or woman is actually himself or herself until after 45. And then a few other things uh, surrounding it in that comment. So, again, guys, I was so impressed that I took a screenshot to ponder it later as I just knew there was something there. And remember that it wasn't with the attention of discussing it on this podcast. But then imagine how my mind was blown when I heard Ricky Gervais say this just a day or two later about the Tom Cruise thing. I'm surprised he's not stranger than he is. You know, being, yeah, no. being one of the most famous people in the world from, you know, 1920, whatever he was, that, that, that changes you. I don't know what we'd be like. Imagine, you know, I, 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 luckily I wasn't, I didn't have any money and any fame till I was 40. It was already done. I was already me. But imagine, imagine that. Right. And it's still no, nowhere near the league that Tom Cruise is in and inhabits, right? For, for 40 years, whatever it is. Imagine what it must be like. It, it, honestly, it's not normal. It's just not normal. I was already done. I was already me. And I just read Parker Pine saying, no man or woman is actually himself or herself until after 45. Is this just common knowledge? I thought. And on what Ricky said, what was already done? Well, Parker Pine might answer, you know, all that living, that stage that's fettered and bound by personal and emotional relationships where life isn't quite real, where you're not quite seeing it as a whole. You know, that's uh, all that's done. You know, the, the developing of one's individuality is done, or at least has a chance, he might say. And this is all what people are trying to do. People are trying to work out their lives, 
what they believe, who they are in their 20s, etc. And I'm trying on this show and in my other work to encourage younger people to find the truths about things, about other people and themselves. And I would say to young people on this last that it's easiest or least difficult rather to start with truths about things before trying to figure out other people and themselves. I've also been trying to encourage them to see life as a whole, to develop an integrated view of the world and themselves in it. But I'm never saying it's easy. And that's why I've got this show. I've learned some things from having lived through that stage of the years from 20 to 40, and I'm sharing them as clearly as I can currently understand them. I hope that this can save younger people some time, frustration, disillusion, and heartache, among other things. And you know, a point I want to make today to young people and that I do make to them is that because this isn't easy and because it's unusual to be mostly made when you're still young, this is why I usually say that I don't think generally that people ought to get married or have kids, etc., before at least 30 or so, let's say, or that they should make many lifelong commitments at all at that age. With those, they get caught up further in even more intimate and emotional relationships with much graver responsibilities as well and have no time for that thinking and observing. They're caught up in that one scene with them as an actor instead of being able to step back and see it all as a whole. There's no time for that. I think people ought to and have to do a lot of living first. People ought to allow time to become themselves before tying themselves to others or trying to raise others. Now, before I go on, let me emphasize that I'm saying generally and most people, etc. I mean, part of what I've been telling people on the show is that you're living now. Life is happening now. And there's no, like, I'll tell you what, the uh, Tragically Hip song, and which is also the theme song for the Netflix show, And With An E, Ahead By A Century, the line that was just going to roll off my tongue was, there's no dress rehearsal. This is our life. And it is. So it doesn't mean that it's unequivocally inadvisable to make big decisions when you're young. In fact, we have to make such decisions. I'm just saying that for most people, they ought to be very wary of taking on unnecessary long-range commitments when they're young, when there's already so much to take on in life at that time. And I'm also saying that we who are older and with experience, and I dare say wisdom, might save younger people a lot of grief with better education teach them more clearly the truth about things, about other people, and to help them ask the right questions and more quickly and clearly discover the truth about themselves. And I add on this last that they may also choose and shape who they are and what that truth is. You can see my uh, recent podcast, 43, it was called Create, Don't Find Yourself, for more on that. Now, with all this, my optimistic message for younger people is don't stress that you're not made. You're not supposed to be. Remember, optimism is about focusing on what you have and what you can control versus what you don't have and what you can control, which is a completely pessimistic and futile approach. Students that I, that I you know, deal with, they think that they have to have a straight line path, that they've got to have a plan mapped out. You know, they're going to graduate, step it onto the first rung of the ladder of the career that they know they want and have chosen and have been able to get into, like as if they're going to land that first job that they want. And then it's the next step and then the next step, etc. It's not like that for most people. And it's not only because there are so many factors that go into success at each step or endeavor. You know, this is why every successful person reports so many failures all the time. It's also because you yourself are not quite who you're going to be fully formed with most of one's firmly held convictions, values, one's mature and more informed worldview and view of oneself. And as Parker Pine points out, one has barely had time to even truly observe the world and oneself, as one is so tied up in relationships and in collecting data, all of which is far from integrated. 
That's later, he says, in that new stage where you can think, observe life, not as an actor, but as an objective observer, see life as a whole, etc. Now, for older people who feel somewhat unmade or not as far along as they think they ought to be in some way, I have pretty much the same message, only I think the difficulty in it is different for them. While many young people think they ought to be on some fast track that's laid out for them straight from 20 and get stressed when they see examples of successful younger people, um, older people like me and even beyond uh, think that they ought to have that track all laid out and in the right direction and are afraid to admit that they're on a wrong one. Uh, I recently listened to an insanely rich interview on the Tim Ferriss show with Naval Ravikant was the guest on a recommendation from a friend. And I'd never heard of the guy, but it was, uh, and it's going to be a re-listen for me. Let me tell you that there was just so much gold in it. That's already slipping away from my mind. Well, Naval said that one of the biggest problems people have in reaching great success is not that they don't work hard enough or fight hard enough to make it through that next step up the mountain or whatever. It's that they often refuse to go back down and up the mountain another way. They think that a step backward is a failure or an admission of some fault. He says that instead of struggling up this difficult path, step back and look and see whether there isn't a better one just over there. Then maturity is not caring uh, to acknowledge that one is on a wrong path and that one and you know that going backward is fine if you know what you're doing. But people don't want to admit they're wrong or to look to other people like they're retreating. This is why many people can't radically change their lives. Even though this is clearly not working and it's hard, the alternative is somehow scarier or more difficult to them. So I thought this, among many other things he said, was just amazing. So what we have here now are that kids are stressed that they don't have that long-range path to the top mapped out, while more mature adults are stressed about admitting that their current path is not optimal. Of course it's not, right? But again, the idea is to constantly think, observe life, see the world and yourself as a whole, and develop your individuality. And when you're comfortable with who you are, you don't fear making big changes or what anyone's going to think of them. It's all about the optimal path, which is not always upward each step. And when you're confident in your fundamental approach, you're free. And this is what I've observed more recently and why those quotes hit me so hard as they did and why I felt compelled to talk about it today. I've seen and felt the general advantages to being 40 plus now for a while, and I'm loving it more than ever. And I know that, of course, it's easy for me to say this all and agree with Parker Pine and Ricky Gervais now that I'm 40. Yeah, you know, you kids, you just don't know, right? But the truth is that I'm only starting to feel comfortable. All the stuff I talk about and encourage others to think about, adopt, and apply for themselves, I'm trying to solidify it for myself, as I always say on the show. For example, I have one podcast episode, There's Always Someone Cooler Than You, that's very relevant here. It was about comparing ourselves to other people, worrying about what other people think of us, etc. I harp on that message because I'm trying to convince myself over and over again, because it's easy to forget in moments. I have to fight to not care, to learn how to feel comfortable in disconnecting from people all the time on social media and elsewhere, etc. But it's also that I've seen enough examples over time that are making it easier for me to not care so much. I'm getting really excited these days because I'm really seeing the truth in it over and over. I'm seeing the whole now. I tell my wife all the time, nobody cares. We have one life. Let's just do whatever we know is right and true, even if it's not normal. And we get it more and more all the time as we get older and wiser. We both talk about how happy and relieved in many ways that we're where we are. We love being 40. We can't wait to be 50, right? We get tired at the idea of being 20 again. What, what do you think if you'd like to go back and we just kind of go, oh my God, that's so exhausting, right? I get more and more comfortable being unbound by too many personal and emotional relationships. 
And maybe now individualism has a chance for me. And it has for all of us. But it doesn't have to necessarily be after we're 40 or 45. It just seems that it's the experience of many, even generations ago. So I'm going to leave it at that for today, guys, and let you take it from here. I'm not writing an article here. I'm just looking to start a conversation. So with that, before I give a final word, I ask you to please ask questions or make comments. Do you think people are actually themselves before 40 or 45? What are your experiences regarding this question? You may share them in the comments section where you're listening now, or you may go to the Mr. Brightside Facebook page, facebook.com slash matthewbolton.ca. Uh, I also ask that you please share this episode or the podcast in general with anyone you think would enjoy it. And I thank you all for that. Now for my final word, I think I might let Parker Pine have it. Let's hear that wonderful quote he had one more time. What are the years from 20 to 40? Fettered and bound by personal and emotional relationships. That's bound to be. That's living. But later there's a new stage. You can think, observe life, discover something about other people and truth about yourself. Life becomes real, significant. You see it as a whole, not just one scene, the scene you as an actor are playing. No man or woman is actually himself or herself till after 45. That's when individuality has a chance. Well, I'm feeling more emotionally independent these days, and I wonder if it's just the natural state of being over 40, but I think there's more to it. It requires more action from us if we're to turn that chance into a reality. And I hope that for others, whatever their age, they might become me sooner than later. It's a great place to be. I'll see you guys next time. Mr. Brightside, your time out to refresh, refuel, and refocus your mind and energy toward building an optimistic framework for flourishing. Life is good. It's up to you to choose the bright side. 